0: Well, happy Epiphany. Just a couple weeks ago we were saying Merry Christmas, and then today is Epiphany Sunday. Ever since um, the late 300s, January 6th has been um, designated as the Day of Epiphany. It's also known as the 12th day of Christmas. Yesterday was the 12th day of Christmas. And it's also known as Three Kings Day, which is one of the reasons why we sing We Three Kings. So, today's epiphany. And as we know, an epiphany is many things. An epiphany is an appearance or manifestation of a divine being. Bless you. (laughs) An epiphany is also a new idea. And Epiphany is also the sudden comprehension of the essential nature of something. I love that definition. When you get it, it's the aha moment. And even though Epiphany is just a date on the calendar, with every new year, I don't know about you, but I wonder, what is this new year going to bring? What are the epiphanies that are gonna happen with new ideas, new possibilities, new decisions, new actions? What will it bring with those things that are under my control and what will it bring with those things that are outside of my control? Which way is life gonna go in 2024 and beyond? Well, that's what today's scripture is about. We have two prophecies that we're going to hear in just a moment. And they both beg the question. And they beg the question for us as individuals and and for us collectively as humanity in general, which way is it going to go? Is the future going to be this or is it going to be that? That's what prophecies are about. And it's also a very central part of what our faith is about as well. What's it going to be? And so with that, let's just talk for a moment about these two scripture passages before we read them. The passages, both of them, are are from the Old Testament. And each one speaks about how the future is going to be. Each one paints a picture. And the first one is from Isaiah. Isaiah very familiar passages, one of those passages that's very closely associated with, with Advent and with Christmas, the birth of Christ, his epiphany into the world, and what kind of an impact is his epiphany going to make? How is he going to change things? What does he bring into the table, so to speak? And we might think about it this way. <clears throat> we can Just imagine, you know, if humanity were ever able to to be lucky enough to be able to clearly understand somehow what God's vision for us is. If we were ever to comprehend what God's ideal vision for humanity might be, can you imagine, can you imagine, What the world might be like if we were actually clear about that? It would be huge. You wouldn't have to guess anymore. You wouldn't have to wonder. I wonder what it's all about. You wouldn't have to wonder anymore. I wonder what my purpose in life might be. You wouldn't have to wonder anymore. Nobody would. How am I supposed to treat people? How am I supposed to treat people who are in trouble? who are in need, who are outcast. If we were ever lucky enough to actually be able to understand our Creator's ideal vision for us as individuals and for us as humanity, just imagine what a beautiful world that would be. If someone could ever break that understanding down for us. someone could ever make it so simple that you couldn't possibly mess it up. Wow. What kind of a world would that be? Not just if we could understand, but how about if the vision wasn't just simple? But how about if it was blissful? How about if that simple vision wasn't about something like the breaking down the technical aspects of how to create atomic power, but how about if it was about how to create healing? How to be welcoming. How to be forgiving. How to be an understanding human being. How to be truthful. And have integrity and kind. To love one another as I have loved you. How about if it had to do with treating your neighbor the way you wanted to be treated? Putting yourself in their shoes, whether friend or enemy. What would that world look like? What would that world look like if we understood and followed that versus if we didn't? That in a nutshell is what these two prophecies are about. God says, this is how I want you to live together. And this is what it'll be like if you do. And this is what it'll be like Not what I will do to you if you don't, which is how most people read it. But this is the kind of mess that you're going to create for yourselves if you disregard what I am begging you to do and to not do. So both of these prophecies envision possibilities for the future, although each one has a very very different vision in the end of which way it'll go. So let's listen now to the first passage from the prophet Isaiah who spoke these familiar words when he said, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government. And of peace, there will be no end. And then we have the prophet Joel, who said, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even upon the men servants and maid servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit. And now let's pause there for a moment. Because it's usually at this point that people typically stop with this reading. (laughs) Why? Because so far it's really nice. But it goes on. Buckle up. It goes on to say, And I will give portents in the heavens and on earth, "'Blood and fire and columns of smoke. "'The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood "'before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. "'And it shall come to pass that all who call upon the name of the Lord "'shall be delivered. "'For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem there should be those who escape, "'as the Lord has said. "'And among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls.'" And this is the ending of our scripture passage and may God bless our understanding and our living, our embodying of these words of abundant life and love. Amen. So two very different prophecies. Prophecy of peace and spiritual leadership of which there will be no end. And then a prophecy of blood, fire, smoke, columns of smoke, the sun turning into darkness and the moon to blood. And as, as I read these words, as I listen to these words, I wonder what are the people in Israel, what are the people in Gaza? What are they hearing? How do they respond to these words? People in Iran. Iraq, Afghanistan, people in Ukraine, people in Russia, places where there literally is blood and fire and columns of smoke, how do they hear these passages in the midst of their situation, not a God-made situation, God didn't do any of that in the midst of their very human-created devastations. I wonder how people who, who live in, in, in violent inner cities, people who live in violent households, how do they hear this passage? People who wrestle with, with personal internal wars and devastations. How do they hear these passages, these possibilities of of how the future might unfold, this way or that, depending on what people do? And so we might naturally ask, which prophecy is right? Which prophecy will come to be? So on Christmas Eve at the 10 p.m. Candlelight service. I read this passage from Isaiah that foretells of a child to be born, one whose name is to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And how the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And whenever I read that, I always ask myself, is it true? Is it true? Because of course, Christ, he did come. And he did shine his light. And he did reveal the truth for all to see. He revealed it plain and simple, and he revealed it in words, and he revealed it in clear and bold, actions of kindness and justice and truth and forgiveness and generosity to the poor and welcoming the stranger and welcoming the outcast and uplifting the outcast and advocating and lifting up the weak and protecting and loving and not belittling those who are different Love one another, he said, as I have loved you. It is clear as a bell. He was the prince of peace. He is the prince of peace. And his government? You know, we're not forced to be in his government, are we? We can opt out. from his order. Many people, as we know, choose not to be in his order, to be a part of his government. More and more people these days, as we know, are choosing to opt out of his order in favor of other orders. Why? Because some are too busy. Some are just too busy. For some people, it's, it's easier to ignore his path. It's easier to ignore people who are suffering. Think of reasons why maybe they should be suffering than to be considerate, to consider, to put yourself in their shoes. Some people opt out because of you know, kids' schedules these days. Am I right? You can't do everything. Something's got to go. So what goes? And some people prefer their politics more than love thy neighbor. And treating your neighbor as you would want to be treated and putting that as first. During his ministry, Jesus presented to us visions of what it would look like if we opted in. And he always presented us with choices every step of the way for us personally and for the world around us. Do I think that we're at an inflection point? Do I think that the future will turn out one way or the other depending on whether or not we listen and we follow God's ideal vision or not? It's like God is is lovingly, protectively, for our sake, putting a sign all around the pond that says, Beware of thin ice. Why? To scare us? Or to protect us. And then it's up to us. So we ask is the prophecy true? Throughout our scriptures, there are consistently two very different visions and versions of how things might turn out, depending. Depending. It occurred to me that in spite of Joel's really harsh picture of blood and fire and columns of smoke, you know what? He was on to something. He was. He was on to how prophecies work. And he was on to how our faith works. He was on to how reality works. He was on to how the future actually takes shape. Which has everything to do with taking what we're given. And then, what do we do with it? Now Christ's vision paints a picture of a vision of peace. How do we get there? But what do we do with that? What have we done with it? I don't know about you, but when I look around these days, I am beyond dumbfounded and stunned at what I see that doesn't even come close to the visions and ideals of treating your neighbor as you would want them to treat you simple, with honesty, with respect, kindness, forgiveness, grace, I am beyond stunned at the level of people who turn a blind eye and make excuses for blatant lying, cheating, deceit, of not welcoming or loving the outcast or those who are different, being far more enamored with power, with money, with winning than helping to uplift others. Because there are several visions out there. There are always choices. So honestly, when I think about how things are going to turn out like all prophets, like Jesus, I think it depends on what we do. And again and again, I go back to God's healthy and loving vision for God, how God wants life to be, and how I fit into that, and what I need to do to change, to make myself fit into God's vision not pick and choose what parts of God's vision I like and I don't like. Again and again, I go back to to the words and to the life of Jesus. I go back to his love. I go back to his justice and truth and compassion and honesty, his integrity, his grace, his forbearance, his embracing of others, radical embracing of those who the world kicked out. And I know that this is our choice. I know that our personal lives are not set in stone. I know that the world's future is not set in stone. So again and again, I go back to God and I ask God, God, give me another chance. God, help me try better. Help me to fit in to what you ideally would have me be. Give me and give us another try. And I try. And I remember that, you know, it says people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. We're not stuck in the darkness. Not personally, not as a nation, not as a world. How's it going to turn out? Your life, your relationships, your health, your country, your world, our environment? Good news. God gives you the power. God gives us the power to move the future this way or that. And this is a new year. This is epiphany. God's power, God's purpose, God's vision is in your hands. Amen.